Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Just a reminder that as we go through the summer, we are prepping for our Season 4 Q&A, which will come out the week before we launch into Season 5. So if you've got questions you'd like answered about Season 4, or really questions about anything in the story thus far, make sure to send those to us at thecast.thegroupshowpodcast.com, or you can use the Contact Us form on the website. We'll need those in just a few weeks, so if you've got those in mind, send them over to us, and I will add them to our growing list of cues to A uh, on that season four Q&A. So with that, I hope you enjoy our final one-page RPG for this summer and join us next week as we jump into further investigation. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Los Angeles. Oh, God, it's so warm here. Love it. Oh, I well, okay, I'll do it. It's Is LA. that James Marsden? I wonder what he's up to these days. James Marsden, what are you going to die in next? <laughs> Man, I wish that I could take you on a sightseeing tour and see all of the fun stuff to do in L.A., but instead, we're going to find ourselves in a Hollywood writer's room. I'm Kim, and around the table we have... I'm Jake. I'm Tass. I'm Megan. And we are playing Jump the Shark. Yes, I love sharks. Not those kind of sharks. Jump oh. on sharks. <laughs> An RPG by Ursi Dice. The writers began the show full of hope. They had joy in their hearts and a story to tell. Three years later, their eyes are bloodshot. Their hastily scribbled script pages are covered in coffee stains and tears. What was going to be their crowning joy, their magnum opus, their labor of love, has become their worst nightmare. We are playing a TTRPG about a group of writers who conceived a perfect show that would last two seasons but the network refused to let it die. But before we get to that, let's figure out the kind of show that we're pitching. Jake, I'm going to need you to roll a d10. Okay, 10. <laughs> Magnificent. Tass, roll another d10. Okay, 5. Excellent. And Megan, another d10. 8. All right, so we have rolled for our genre and our setting. And because we as the writers, we're so cutting edge, I've rolled for two genres. So our show is a time travel drama set in an alternative history. So we need to figure out what is this show about? What sold it to the network? What inspired the writers? And is it low budget or high budget? And then, of course, we have to pick a name. Right, so it's called Outlander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Outlander and it's hot. <laughs>
<laughs> and I know almost nothing else about it. That's literally oh, yeah. all okay. I know. <laughs> um, I'm thinking that the time period that it's set in, that the person has traveled to, is like Prohibition era. Ooh, okay. I like it. So do we have one time traveler or is this a group of time travelers? I think it's a group. Okay. I like that. How many? Is this like lost? Like there's a bunch of people and kind of little interpersonal and individual stories going on? Or is it like a close knit kind of small group? I think it's a small group because that's not too much to keep track of, but it's enough that like they could get separated and have their own hijinks. Okay. Like five? Like five people? I think like three or four. Three or four? Let's do four. All right. Four people. Okay. All right. So we are going back in time to Prohibition era. Uh, and what's making this like an alternative history? What's different in this version of Prohibition? Something else is... <laughs> <laughs> illegal. It's not, it's not booze. It's not alcohol. I like that. What's illegal here? Dancing. It's just, <laughs> it's footloose, but it's just. <laughs> yes. 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 That's what it is. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. Our characters are a group of time travelers who have journeyed back to the 1920s, a land where dance is forbidden. And we are trying to rewrite history because that's a world we don't want to live in. Absolutely not. What sold it to the network? I mean, I'm already sold. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think what sold it to the network is that in pitching this, we had already locked down a deal with a major record label to use licensed music like liberally for dance scenes and musical numbers. That's perfect. You Love know it. that the network loves to have tie-ins to other forms of revenue. What inspired us, the writers? Footloose seems to be an obvious inspiration. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think also, like you had said, we're able to use music, but it's all like covers of that music as it would be in the 20s. So Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yes. Let's get the postmodern jukebox people on the phone and see yeah, what they absolutely. say. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, excellent. And a uh, very important question. Are we low budget or high budget? I feel like so much of the budget is going towards the licensed <laughs> music that the rest of the production is low budget. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Now, very important. We need a name for this show. Hear me out. Lowered Prohibitions. <laughs> Fuck yes. I love it. Taz, you're amazing. Okay, writing it down. Oh my God. I'm so sad because I just I just realized this doesn't exist. Yeah, I'm so sad because I know that we're we're going to have to destroy this as it goes. It doesn't exist yet. Yet. This is trademarked, by the way. Nobody yeah. who's listening to this. This is our IP. So now let's move into seasons one through two, the golden years. When they first pitched the show, the writers had it all planned out. Two perfect seasons with story arcs for each main character and a well-rounded supporting cast that would tell the story they always dreamed of when they first started out. So now we are going to roll and create some main characters for Lowered Prohibitions. Uh, Jake, why don't you go first? Good. Uh, I rolled a two. Excellent. So your character's arc is Redemption. What did you do? Who has been helping you to make it right? So I want you to make a main character that is going to have a nice redemption arc. Who are they? What's their deal? This is Captain Fairweather of the local police force who like originally spearheaded the like crackdown on dance, but was gradually brought around to its merits and the side of this should not be illegal. And he becomes a staunch supporter of the arts. Nice. I love this. So by the end of season two, we have fixed the past and dancing is allowed again. 
it's like if it's like if Elliot Ness was just like, yeah, crime's fine. <laughs> um, excellent, excellent. Tass, roll a d10. Okay, nine. You are going to create a character that has a tested friendship. Who were you close to? What came between you to test your friendship? How did you overcome it? So I think the character, uh, she is a school teacher. By all accounts, very prim and proper, but is very much into the like the underground dance clubs and stuff. And one of her fellow teachers found out about it and put her through the ringer of like, this isn't appropriate. You shouldn't be doing this. You're supposed to be an example for the kids and so on. And of course, her main thing is showing, I can be this good example for people. I can, I live that every day. And the dancing is a whole other thing that does not corrupt. And that's how that relationship with the other teacher showed that, oh yeah, maybe this stuff isn't so bad. I think this is one of the time travelers. I think this is, you know, someone that came back to find this place as a teacher to show that they could do both. I love this. So what's the name of your main character? Sally O'Flannery. Perfect. All right, Megan, roll a d10. One. Ooh, Megan, your arc is will they, won't they? Ooh. Who was your romance with? Why is it so tempestuous? My character is Bianca Lowry, and she's also one of the time travelers. And her will they, won't they, is that she has gotten close to the owner of this bar because people go out to bars all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They're just not allowed to dance. Uh, But he has like a speakeasy, if you will, that is a hidden dance room in the back of his bar. And so he is very like... The people want to dance. We got to give them a space to dance. Um, But Bianca does not dance. And so, yeah, I know, right? So this guy is like kind of teaching her like what this hidden side of the past looks like. Nice. What's the name of this owner of the speakeasy? Can we call it a freakeasy? Fuck yes. Because people are getting their freak on. Yes. (laughs) What is the name of the owner of this freakeasy? (laughs) Um, See, we're we are creating a lore here. We are building a world. <laughs> His name is Ivan Fletcher. All right, and then I roll. Surprise! This game is GMless. <laughs> Ooh. My character's arc is light and soft. What turned you from a grouch to a teddy bear? Whose life have you made better? I'm the leader of this group of time travelers. I'm Jim Rockway. And I'm all business, no nonsense, here for a mission, gonna fix this version of history and go back to my wife and children. <laughs> no nonsense. We're gonna dance, damn it. <laughs> We're gonna bring dance to the people and I'm going back to my dance future. Dance is not about <laughs> feeling. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So good. <laughs> And I think what turns me to a teddy bear is a young dancer who sneaks into the freakeasy. And they show me that dance is about so much more. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Dance is about so much more than just precision and doing the right steps at the right time. It's also about feeling. Who is your young dancer? Chippy. Lil Chippy. Lil Chippy. (laughs) Lil Lil Chippy. (laughs) So 
let's all just savor two perfect seasons. <laughs> I'm so mad I don't get to watch this. We fucking nailed this. <laughs> Our group went back in time. We fell in love. We changed the stern ways of the local police captain. <laughs> we showed that you can be both a teacher and a dancer. And then the worst thing ever happens. When the show first aired, everybody loved it. It was hailed as groundbreaking, innovative, and won several awards. The network signed it for another eight seasons. Oh, no. <laughs> no. And it seemed like things could only go up from there. Unfortunately, the writers are all out of ideas and have resorted to rehashing any old trope they can until they get canceled. I've got so many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's like, I've seen this happen so many times. <laughs> so now we are entering the dark years. What we are now doing is we are playing out some key episodes of season three. So I'm going to need everyone to roll 4d10 for me and write down those numbers. These numbers represent your drama dice. And we'll get into what they can do in a moment. Jake, why don't you roll a d10 for me to determine this first very special episode of season three of Lowered Prohibitions? That's a nine. The truth is out there. Someone encounters a cryptid or alien. <laughs> <laughs> so now what I need everyone to do is we are going to put forth one of our drama dice. And this is going to signify how involved you want your main character to be in this plot. If it's a 7 to 10, that's saying that you want to be the main focus. This episode is all about them. They are the focus of most scenes. If it's 4 to 6, you're doing a side plot. They appear in the background of most scenes and are occasionally the focus in a B story. If it's 1 to 3, you're a bit part. You appear once or twice or have little to no involvement. All right, everyone, put forth your drama dice. Uh, I'm putting forth an 8. I've got a motherfucker <laughs> of an idea for this. <laughs> I think I'm putting forth my one. I'll do my six. I will also do my six. All right. So we are going to role play three scenes from this episode where the captain has seen a cryptid or an alien. <laughs> so in this first scene, let's set this up. I think this episode opens with Captain Fairweather investigating reports of a creature that people have described with clawed hands or eyes that resembled red balls of fire and a peculiar means of movement that almost resembles a dance, <laughs> but has only been sighted in England up to this point and in the UK. It is Spring-Heeled Jack. Amazing. I love this. Excellent. Let's see that scene of you finding out what this might be. Captain Fairweather like walks into frame on like a foggy countryside field and lets out a sigh and then walks forward and uh, crouches down to look at the dirt and uh, and runs his hands over some footprints that are indicative of like leaps and twists and acrobatic landings. And he shakes his head and he says, this just isn't right. I don't know of anything that could bastardize the art of the dance like this. Captain, what sort of creature do you think this is? Well, from the reports we've had from witnesses, it sounds like something that was sighted a few times in England. Back in Victorian times. I don't remember what years the Victorian era was. 
earlier than the 20s. So. Earlier than the 1920s, that's for sure. <laughs> Some kind of creature that leapt and bounded. Maybe not a creature, maybe even a man. They called him Spring-Heeled Jack. <gasps> what are we supposed to do against that kind of creature, Captain? For starters, we need to protect our own. Get everybody to the dance hall. <laughs> Barricade the doors. <laughs> We're going to find this son of a bitch. Excellent. Is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. It's season three. That's the point. <laughs> it's season three. We're doing whatever we can do here. Bianca, what kind of side plot do we think Bianca's up to? Bianca was learning like a new dance move from Ivan and she landed wrong and like messed up her ankle. And now she's just, <laughs> this episode is her being afraid that she'll never dance again. Perfect. <laughs> 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 magnificent magnificent let's get to act two the setback so what's happened why are we in a worse position than before because we have encountered spring Hill jack and we have lost the dance off oh shit to the song hit the road jack <laughs> absolutely we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel and I mean, we had a lot of twirls and snaps, but he, this motherfucker can jump, dude. Like, <laughs> he can do some shit that we can't dream of doing. And we are just wildly outclassed. And that combined with like the eyes, it's, it's terrifying. It's, it's mm -hmm. made us afraid that maybe, maybe there's nothing we can do to save dance from this creature. Maybe he's going to corrupt it forever. Yeah. As this dance off was happening, I think the power that this creature has on people is they're forgetting how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's stealing he's their stealing dance the powers. Dance. Yes. We have a very, very brief scene of Jim trying to do a box step and failing. <laughs> Where did it go? I can only make a triangle. Damn it. <laughs> Bianca, how is your side plot developing? Your B story? Your B movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bianca wanted to try again and implement this dance move that she learned in the dance-off against spring Hill Jack. And her ankle is just not at the place that it needs to be to be able to land it again. And she's part of the reason that we're losing. Oh, man. Rough. I think it's all going to come down to a final dance-off with the entire cast at the Freak Easy going against spring Hill Jack. Yeah. Yeah, it has to. It must. Oh, that's absolutely. the only way this episode can end. <laughs> so let's see. Let's see the climax of this. Tass, why don't you be Spring Heel Jack for me? <laughs> okay. This final dance off in the Freak Easy. What's what's what song is this one to? Dark Horse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. He's just too powerful, Captain. I don't know how any of us can defeat Spring Heel Jack. You will never dance my ass off. <laughs> You're a formidable foe, Jack. But there's one thing you haven't considered. As you've taken our dance abilities, you've also taken our weaknesses. Bianca's weak ankles will be our undoing. You can't take what we never had in the first place. <laughs> and she's, she starts out this final dance off where she, she attempts to do this move and she lands it perfectly <gasps> and then raises her arms behind her for everyone else to join in. We all do. But when Jack tries to do it, he suffers the way that she suffered in this original dance-off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to keep up and, and match some of the moves and do them fancier, but my ankle goes out and I hit the ground. <gasps> I walk up and slap cuffs on him. <laughs> <laughs> You, <laughs> the episode fades.
shades as we arrest the cryptid and throw him <laughs> in in the local prison. There's a, just a sound bite in the darkness. You can see the dimness of a cell. Captain, what you haven't realized is I've won. My entire ploy was to bring this town back together. <laughs> I think we nailed that one. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. All right, let's get to episode two. Tass, roll a d10 for me. Okay, five. Oh, good. Someone comes back from the dead. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Submit your drama dice. Who wants to be the star of this episode? I'll, I'll put forth my two. I'll sit okay. this one out. I'll, I'll do my 10. <laughs> oh, shit. I'll use my four. That's the mid-range, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll do my seven. Who's coming back from the dead, Bianca? It is somebody who was an immediate love interest in the beginning of the first season. Oh, but then we kind of like wrote away from because like the audience response wasn't very good to them and yeah, she and had better chemistry with one of the yeah. a different well, no, actors. No, no. We had to be able to set up the will they won't they with her and Ivan. And so it was like, okay. oh, so this other guy died in this dancing accident. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why- a tragic dancing accident. Yeah. They got caught dancing and then they had to get in their old like Chevy coops and stuff and there was a big chase and <laughs> and he died in, in yeah, the... Oh, yeah, that's perfect. Because this was like early season one. Yeah. So like the, the police were still on the crackdown, but like they didn't want this. Yeah. Exactly. They didn't and want that's, this to happen. that's part of the reason she's been so averse to like, she knows we have to bring dancing back. That's why we went back in time in the first place. But it took somebody that she cared about deeply. But Ivan has started to bring her around and teach her why dance is important. And now they had their will, they won't they through the first two seasons. And now that it's like a, they will... He's back. Who is it? His name is Lance Sheridan. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Lance Sheridan died in a tragic dancing accident. I would say Lance was like, you know, he was part of this group of like local toughs, but he was one of like the more timid ones, but like was really gaining his confidence through interacting with you. But yeah. then like he, he tragically perished. Just yeah. tragic. I think he sacrificed himself in the chase to make sure the rest of us got away. Poor Lance. I barely knew him. Well, we're about to re-meet Lance, so let's set this first scene here. Bianca, where where are you? I think it's in the freak easy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we only have the two sets. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Bianca and Ivan, and they're they're on the dance floor, and he's he's showing her moves, and they're very close, and it's a very like a lot of chemistry, a lot of sexual tension. Like they're about to kiss and we hear the door open and we look over and Lance is standing there and he's not dead. I will use my dice to be Lance for this episode. Lance appears in the doorway and says, may I cut in? Oh my God, Lance, is that, is that you? Yes. What happened? How long has it been? The last thing I remember is doing that grand jeté and then black. <laughs> Bianca takes a step back from Ivan a little bit. And she just has her hands on her forehead and she goes, no, no, you can't be here. You, you died. Bianca, I still love you. I think whatever brought me back, 
It was because I loved you so hard. The end of the scene is just Bianca looking back and forth between <laughs> Ivan and Lance. Just, <laughs> And then she just runs out. Cut. Can we do another take of that last one? Uh, but linger a little bit longer on Lance than you do on Ivan. We really want to play this up for the audience. Like, you know, there's a genuine chance that you might choose Lance. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go again. Action. Okay. I do that. <laughs> Cut. Perfect. <laughs> Tass, what's your what's your side plot? What's happening also in this episode? This is when the students have finally caught on that Sally is such an accomplished dancer. So Sally is teaching the students like drill and cheer forms for like group competition as a whole new revolutionary type of dance in this era. Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> a very quick scene of your teacher just doing some dance formations with these young students. Hell yeah. Bianca, I think at this point, we learned that Lance's return may not be as innocent as it seems. We we see him meeting with like a shadowy figure that we don't fully get the scope of. We hear the shadowy figure say, what have you to report? And Lance is like, they're all dancing. <clears throat> and then the shadowy figure says, let's do something about that. Is everything in place? It is. Dancing was my undoing. I won't let anyone else die that way. As he sets his sights on the local high school. Oh no. And the innocent drill team inside. <laughs> I think we should throw in a scene here where Ivan accurately suspects Lance oh, and he tries to tell you. For sure. But you think it's like some jilted lover yeah. stuff and like it ooh kind of breaks down the, the trust between you two maybe a little bit. For sure, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. I want to see this. Who's going to be Ivan? Bianca, I just don't think we can trust him. What do you mean? It's just too convenient, isn't it? Convenient for who, Ivan? Good, oh. yes. I turn away sharply, too sharply. <laughs> <laughs> it can be inconvenient for all involved and still be true. He sacrificed himself for us, Ivan. None of this would be possible. Everything that we've accomplished over two seasons would not have happened <laughs> if it wasn't for Lance. And I think at this time is when Lance arrives on the scene. And Lance, you've got a contribution, like explaining that Ivan is correct, but why you're doing the right thing by them. This freak easy owner is correct. <laughs> Never bothered to learn his name. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Bianca, I grab her roughly by the shoulders. Our faces are very close to each other. When I died, I would have given anything to spend one more day with you. And that includes making sure that no one else in this town dances again. I don't want anyone else to have a dance-related death. No one dies on my watch. I won't let that happen. Lance, what are you saying? No, that, that can't be true. It is, Bianca. I love you. I love you so much, I have to destroy dance. Lance, I, I, love, I love dance. And I turn away. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Fairweather comes in and slaps the cuffs on him. <laughs> oh, shit. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to write down the ultimate fate of Lance as a loose plot that we're going to have to resolve at some point down the Great. line, but we don't yeah, have to worry about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Megan, roll a d10. Seven? Someone invents a new game and won't stop playing. All right, I, uh, I'm going to submit my 10 for this. This is going to be a gym-centric episode. 
I've only got an eight and a seven left, which I think are both main character yeah. numbers. We can make this a nice group hang. I'll put out an eight then. I'll use my two. Ooh, if Tessa's going to direct this one, then I'll put in my nine and also <laughs> take it with you guys. <laughs> you got a lot of cats to herd. Yeah, I guess so. All right, Tess, tell us what's happening. Well, I I need someone to tell me what the game is. Like, uh, you went first, Jim. So what is like the game that came to mind here? Chippy and I. Lil Chippy. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Chippy, please. Give him his proper title. Yeah, sorry, my fault. Lil Chippy and I have created a really, really sweet pinball machine. We're really into pinball. <laughs> okay. Uh, how does the captain stumble onto this, and uh, how does the captain feel about it? Where does the pinball machine live? It's in the Freak Easy. We only have the one set. Yeah, okay, true. <laughs> then, yeah, I think just in a standard visit, I think in my patrols, going and checking on the Freak Easy, in like the off hours, when like it's not super full of people, I stumble upon the two of them. Like they're the almost the only ones there, and they're playing the pinball machine. Yeah, I think um, I think that that's a problem. Like these are usually peak hours where people are filtering in to dance, but it almost seems like they've been run out by these two doing this weird other thing. So uh, I, I think we need to see that that entrance. I think we need to see that exchange. What is the meaning of this? Shh, come on, little Chippy is so close to a high score, Captain. Don't break his focus. A high score? What are you talking about? This isn't athletics. <gasps> oh, you did it! I knew you could do it, little Chippy! And I, I pull him into a big hug. Captain, little Chippy and I made the most incredible thing. Look at this. We're calling it pinball. Why don't you give it a try? Now, you just, I want you to stand right here, and you're gonna, you're gonna use these buttons to do these levers. I, I recoil away from the machine. <laughs> I don't know what sort of blasphemy this is, but you're keeping people from the God's honest work of the dance. Nobody wants to be in here performing their arts while you're playing on this monstrosity. Captain, surely there's time to ball and dance. (laughs) (laughs) At this exclamation, Bianca, I feel like you and Ivan have been working on a very advanced move. And you have been saving it for this weekend to come in at the peak hours to show this and show how you've grown. But you walk in to almost no one in this fight between the captain and Jim. Whoa, 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 calm down. What's what's going on? Chippy and I invented the most incredible game, and the captain has no liking for it. Let me tell you, sir, where I'm from in the year 2030, these things are all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> they came back. <laughs> and you're, you're like, I've invented this. It's everywhere where I'm from, but... <laughs> Now I've invented it. Shh. <laughs> Don't destroy little Chippy's hopes and dreams like that. Little Chippy, famously the inventor of the pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> Bianca, is this true? Are these common in your time? Depends on what arcade bars you're going to, but yes. It's terrible to think of an entire generation ensorcelled by something like this. Ivan is off to the side nodding next to Bianca. Yes, Captain, it is bizarre. And he looks over at little Chippy. But I think it's all part of these travelers' fate. Jim working with Charles Pinball here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Chippy's full name is finally revealed. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sweet Sweet. <laughs> Captain, maybe there's a way that little Chippy and I could contribute to the dancing and not detract from it. Let me just... And I want to uh, crawl underneath 
the pinball machine and there's there's a series of like of like drill sounds and like wrench sounds um and then i i emerge captain why don't you push that button i feel like this has got to be a later in the episode like i feel like the captain stormed out like i think it's very mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah very reflective like the captain's behaving how he was towards dance in the first season mm-hmm. and like it's gonna take some right reminding him of the progress he made on that to make the progress on this. So I feel like this is like later mm, in the episode good. that you convince him and he pushes the button. Yeah, I like that. Write that down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's like a perfect note. I've somehow hooked up like a piano underneath here. <laughs> Pianball. Piano? Piano ball. So I think going into the episode, the like middle part of this episode is like Bianca and Ivan practicing this move that they came in here to like perfect and getting distracted by this pinball machine. But they go over and they, they're looking at it like, oh, this, it's just so much noise. I can't focus on the steps. And Ivan looks at it and he's like, but look at the way that the ball bounces <laughs> back and forth off these like bumpers and it inspires a new routine. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. So... So how does this how does this all end? I think it ends with Jim playing the pinball machine, which is creating like we're like rapidly cutting between like close up shots of the way the ball's moving and then shots of Bianca and <laughs> Ivan like moving in the same way in a dance and just the captain kind of like nodding and smiling solemnly overseeing <laughs> the scene. It's an extremely choreographed routine to Pinball Wizard. We blew the whole yes! budget on this one episode. Yes. Oh, boy. Magnificent. We scraped our way through season three. So now what happens is that I roll a d10. And if the number that I roll is equal to or less than our current season, in this case, three, we've been canceled. And if it's higher, we have to keep going. Time for me to roll and see what happens. <gasps> That's a one. Sweet release. We've been canceled. <gasps> Thank oh God, my God. <laughs> this would have gone so long. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. We, we can't we can't just throw all these ideas away. Like we need to save some of these yeah. for yeah. when we make make this show for real. Yeah. All right. But we have one final task before we are given the sweet reward of never having to deal with lowered prohibitions ever again. <laughs> Gang, we need to do the finale. Yes. Do it. Do it. I'm ready. In the finale, any loose ends have to be resolved as clumsily as possible. Start a scene for each loose end where the main characters involved get together and have flashbacks. Begin each flashback by asking, hey, do you remember the time we... So what are our flashbacks? I think we've got the fate of Springheel Jack seems to be a pretty a pretty big one. Yeah. Lance, how he either redeems himself or dies again. We'll figure it out. And then something with the pinball. We've got to resolve this new pinball in the freakeasy. Hey, do you all remember when the water got poisoned and we all thought Lance was alive? <laughs> <laughs> flashback, 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 flashback. <laughs> Flashback to a stinger at the end of that episode where we all just kind of like wake up. Like it's like a a super close up on Bianca's eyes as they like flutter open and they're kind of like bloodshot. Everyone's just standing around with like cups of water. (laughs) Bianca, are you okay? Where is he? Where's who? Lance. I think he's right over there. He's not dancing at all. Is his corpse actually back? <laughs> no, she's just high as hell. The whole town drank the water. <laughs> Little Chippy, 
tugging on your sleeve. <laughs> Miss, there's no one there. Okay, Chippy. I'm just patting his head. <laughs> this is why I don't drink water. <laughs> Good thing alcohol is so legal and freely available here. Yeah, Captain Fairweather looks around and like sees people like being overtaken by this effect and just starts like smacking cups of water out of people's hands and replacing them with <laughs> shot glasses. <laughs> yes. And then we flash back to the present. I do remember that. We never drank water again. I didn't mind it. Okay, writers, we're almost there. We're in the home stretch. We've just got two big loose ends to deal with. We've got Spring Hill Jack and trying to deal with the anachronism of having a pinball machine in the 1920s. <laughs> hey, do you all remember that time that witch came through town and she helped us do a ritual and banish Spring Hill Jack back to London? <laughs> <laughs> flashback, flashback, flashback. <laughs> Sally's walking down the road in front of a cart that like deadass looks like the cart at the beginning of uh, Wizard of Oz with the wizard in it, where there's a little old lady in the front. Would you look at the convenience of who I found out on the road outside of town? Well, because I've learned to be so accepting of things that I didn't <laughs> understand, I trust you implicitly to help us with this problem. What sort of problem is it that you're talking about? The worst problem of all, dancing cryptids. <gasps> you don't mean spring heel Jack. The very same. Why, he's an old flame of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help us get rid of him and send him back to wherever he came from? Oh, I think all you need to do is go up to spring Heel Jack and tell him that old Agatha's looking for him and he will hightail it back to England. Okay, let's do this ritual. <laughs> <laughs> just cut ahead to a wordless montage of like just showing us talking through the bars at him and him looking terrified left and right and then just <laughs> poofing out of his handcuffs and then us like clapping the dust off our hands and then shaking hands with Agatha. Yeah. <laughs> Back to present time. Yeah, that sure was really convenient that you just happened to find that very agreeable witch who didn't ask for anything in return. <laughs> and happened to date the very monster that we were trying to get rid of. What are the odds? Pretty good when you're as low on ideas as we are. Shh, we're almost there. We're almost there. We only have pinball standing in our way. Can pinball be a flash forward instead? Yes. I think I think it's you guys go back to your time and the world is like a perfect utopia. <laughs> Flying cars and shining buildings and everything's run by... Uh, what was Chippy's real name? Charles Pinball. Char yeah. Lil Charles Pinball. The Pinball Family Dynasty. Yes. <laughs> There's a pinball machine in every house. There's holograms of Lil Chippy. Like, you have changed the future. Not only is dance everywhere, but pinball has made the world a more hospitable place. I emerge from our time machine and throw myself into the arms of my two beautiful children and my very pregnant <laughs> wife, and I touch her stomach gently, and I say, we're going to name him Little Chippy. <laughs> I stay behind with Ivan. <laughs> yes! I think Sally goes on to be the most famous director of uh, cheer dance in the world. <laughs> And then at the very end of the episode, it's a fade to black and an in memoriam for the actor that played Captain oh Fairwell. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! The perfect show. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I can't wait for the reboot. <laughs> we did it! We've made the greatest television program the world has ever known. 
and then ruined it. No, it's no. just better now. <laughs> Worse than this is on the CW right now. <laughs> if we if we took everything we just did and we made it like Garth Marenghi's Dark Place style comedy, <laughs> this would be a huge hit. We can't we can't publish this episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have not listened to any of this. We can't we can't publish it until we have like locked this yeah. shit down. <laughs> yeah, if anybody tries to do anything with this, we're coming for you. Yeah, by the time you hear this, you cannot you if you try to use it, I will sue you to death. <laughs> I will see you in court and then I will see you in hell. You will never you will have no dollars left. This is our trial. You will be destitute. This is everything to us now. Don't even try. No more crit show, no more anything. This is mine. I'm quitting my job. <laughs> this is my focus. We're all in on lowered prohibitions. Uh, it's so good. I'm investing my life savings into this, all $137.18. <laughs> oh, God. Kim, who do we have to thank for this merry, merry tale that we've spun today? Jump the Shark is by Ursi Dice. And you can find this game and so many others at their website, which is ursidice.com. That's U-R-S-I-D-I-C-E.com. And you can also find them on Twitter or Instagram at ursidice. Thanks so much for hanging out with me and pitching this TV show. I had so much fun. It was great. And we will see you all next week for more TTRPGs. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sign. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenriel would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S 
I-N-E. The choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.